0: The following sermon is by Dan Thomas, pastor and teacher at Community Church in Edwardsburg, Michigan. If you've never visited us at Community Church, we invite you to join us at 28647-US12-WEST in Edwardsburg. And now, here is Pastor Dan Thomas. We are going to be looking uh, to begin with a uh, passage in Matthew chapter 10. So if you're going to follow along in your Bibles or on your de- whatever device you have, that's where you want to go. I outdid myself today on messing up announcements. I did not forget one, but I forgot two. Um, not only were we scheduled to have the truck Retreat, but afterwards the teens were having a bonfire over at the Niffins. Uh, but instead they're going to come back here and do dark games, night games in the church. Okay, so after the trunk retreat, uh, teens are still meeting here for an activity, but that will be here in the church. The other thing I was going to mention, not that you needed somebody to mention it, but did you know we got two screens instead of one here today? Everybody okay with that? I know change is hard. Can Everybody, can you see the words back there? Okay, you good? All right, we're good. Can you see your, this is your screen here? We, we got that. If you're visiting, uh, you think that's kind of weird, but we always just had one screen in the middle. Now, uh, this is just my own personal thing, but we need something else. I'm thinking I'm thinking a nice cross in the middle there that kind of hangs. I, that's what I'm thinking. But you, you can hit me with suggestions. We haven't decided for sure yet. Uh, I'm pretty sure we don't want to put in a stained glass window, but we do have to cover that door somehow because it's just. Oh, now I pointed it out. What's that? Three crosses. Somebody said. Anybody for five? Uh, do I hear seven? No. Well, we'll go with uh, one or three. I think we'll probably end it right there. Okay. Uh, five weeks ago, actually four weeks ago, we started a five-week series uh, where we just called, talked about navigating through our world right now. Our messed up world, our the weirdness of our world, the craziness of our world. How are we going to do that? And I want to mention uh, before we get into today's lesson, I think, or lesson, today's sermon uh, is incredibly, if you want to say practical, and we're going to get very specific about some things. But I want to either remind you, or if you haven't been here especially, I want to tell you what we've done the first four weeks. Because what we have focused on more than anything is that the most important thing we're going to do, the first thing, the most important idea that we want to have in navigating this world is the gospel of Jesus Christ okay more than anything else uh, that is the message that people uh, need to hear and we talked about presenting it in a bold and yet tender way we've talked about that idea of uh, people changing from the inside out we saw how Paul addressed social evils by preaching the gospel because he believed that when you inject Jesus into a situation people's lives change I think he used to go around singing, uh, let me tell you about my Jesus, and let my Jesus change your life. I don't know that Paul sang that, but it's entirely possible. Uh, But that was the message, that Jesus Christ, the gospel of Christ, injected into people's lives, and his presence is ultimately what is going to affect change. Last week, remember, we saw that Paul saw a world that was filled with idolatry, and and people trying to fill up their lives with everything but Jesus. And he said, hey, this isn't going to do it. Bottom line is, you need to know who the true God is and that's who we need to look to so i want to remind you going forward for really uh, for two reasons and one of them is uh, a very definitive statement that uh, you might disagree with but i don't always say this but you'd be wrong if you disagree with the statement the most important issue that people have is what they do with the gospel of jesus christ no matter what okay you say no no there's issues of life and death the issue of the gospel is more important than issues of life and death because it is an issue of eternal life and eternal death. Okay, and you say, well, yeah, but there's, there's issues of freedom. And let me tell you this, that there is no freedom, no true freedom, apart from the gospel of Jesus Christ and the fact that He died to pay the penalty for our sin. So I'm going to say the first thing that we need to remember in all this as we even talk about some specifics today. If you're a guest today, honestly, we don't do this every week, but we're going to get very specific about some of the issues of the day. But I want to remind you that I've just spent four weeks saying the most important thing is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And there's another reason why I want to bring that up. Uh, In front of me here is a table that uh, we have and another one back there to celebrate the Lord's Supper at the end I don't know if any of you have ever seen there's a TV show called um, Blue Bloods you ever, I don't know if you ever saw Blue Bloods we used to watch it a lot but it's on at 10 o'clock and we can't step that late anymore uh, but it's a police drama there in New York City and uh, if you've ever seen it this big Catholic family they fight about everything but uh, every Sunday every Sunday they gather together after church and they have a family dinner And they sit there, and that's the place where it doesn't matter if you're fighting with somebody or anything like that. You're going to come to dinner, and we're going to sit down together. Well, we, as the Church of Jesus Christ, are going to observe dinner together at the end. And it is so important that the gospel of Jesus Christ be that uniting factor That if there's something else that would divide us, the thing that unites us, the gospel, is far more important than any of those things. So we'll kind of get into that as we go. Okay, first idea, uh, before we look at our passage, actually, that I want to uh, remind you of, is that it is more important that we teach people how to think than that we teach them what to think. Um, I have mentioned some things about my past and my background, but uh, I went to a Bible college in a world where I was not so much taught how to think, I was taught what to think. Uh, It was very strong as, you know, you must believe what we believe and and you must kind of repeat back what we say. And we're going to tell you what you believe about everything. I had one teacher who did things a little bit differently. Instead of his class having to study his books and what he had written uh, so that he could sell them to us. uh, But instead of that, he sold us like Bible tools, how to dig into the Bible and find your own answers. And I, and I loved that class, and most everybody did. He became a favorite teacher because he actually tried to teach how to think. And I hope you see, I hope you see if you attend here that that's really my goal. I'm not trying to tell you, hey, this is what you need to believe about everything, but I am going to try this day to guide us through the whole thinking process of how to navigate this world and teach us how to think biblically, how to think following Christ, how to navigate this messed up world in which we live. Okay, you ready? Matthew chapter 10, we are going to begin in verse number 16, where Jesus said this, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves, so be wise as serpents, and innocent as doves, beware of men, for they will deliver you over to the courts to flog you in their synagogues. Let me come back to that for a second. Three animals mentioned in this first one, I'm sorry, four, sheep in the midst of wolves. Wolves are very specifically those who, in the Bible when it talks about it, it's those who intend to do you harm. Okay, it's not accidental uh dangers it is somebody who's out there to get you those who intend to do you harm and it says that as we go into that world that is full of that situation we want to be as wise as serpents now I don't know about you my first reaction to wanting to be like a snake is not good Uh, I am a snake hater from the very beginning. I think a lot of times we associate the snake with the fact that the the evil one came into the snake there in the Garden of Eden, and we forget that this is an animal like everything else. But what is true of the snake is that he is considered to be very shrewd. Now, not shrewd in a dishonest, conning-somebody type of way, but shrewd, thoughtful, can go through, can be wise and can process some information and be very shrewd, make good decisions. And at the same time, we are to be as innocent or as harmless or as clean and as pure as doves so Jesus said you're going into this world here's how I want you I want you to be shrewd and I want you to be uh, clean and pure and kind this is how we're going to do it now just to wrap this up a little bit with one other thought beware of men for they will deliver you over to the courts and flog you in the synagogues And you will be dragged before governors and kings for my sake to bear witness before them and the Gentiles when they deliver you over. Do not be anxious how you are to speak or what you are to say for what you are to say will be given to you in that hour. Now we're going to come back to that idea that God's going to guide us through the situation. What we need to say is going to be given us in that hour. But let me just as a side for a second remind you that many times we are surprised when we face opposition. We are f- surprised when we face persecution. We are surprised by hard times. Very simply, we shouldn't be. Jesus said, here you go, they're coming. He said no, he doesn't say if this happens to you. He says when this happens to you. Okay, it's coming. We are going to face difficulty in following Jesus Christ in this world. Expect it. Plan on it. It is coming. And while you do it, you are to be as wise as as the serpent or as shrewd as the serpent and as innocent as the dove because there are wolves who want to devour you. So to try to give us a tool to help us negotiate, to help us be shrewd in this, uh, I wanted to show you something. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't read the rest of the text. For it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of the Father speaking through you. Well, I'm glad I came back to that because that's a key idea in what we're talking about here, brother. I oh, will deliver brother over to death, the father's child, and children will rise up against parents and have them put to death. Okay, there's going to be this turmoil. I'm going to guide you through this. I'm going to give you uh, the way to go. Now, here's the uh, the tool that I want us to take with us, maybe. Uh, (laughs) or we could read another verse. Uh, Yes, I actually did prepare this. And you will be hated by all for my namesake, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. And when they persecute you in the town, flee to the next. For truly, I say to you, you will not have gone through the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. Now this tool that I want to give you, uh, now that I have finished that text, is something that we'll call a a decision tree. Okay? Our world... I think, at least in my lifetime, more than ever before, is clouded by issues, okay, things that people are fighting about everywhere, things that are tearing apart our family dinners more than ever before, things that are tearing apart our workplaces, things that are tearing apart churches, Uh, you know, and different things like that. Well, how do we negotiate this? How do we indeed be shrewd and and clean as we walk through uh, like doves. Okay, now, the first thing, number one in the decision tree, the first thing we want to do is pray, okay? And I hope we can remember that. My wife is real good about that. You know, sometimes I'll tell her something that I think or I believe, and here's here's how she does it. She's she's shrewd. Uh, Instead of saying, you know, you really ought to pray about that, she always does this line. Uh, yeah, you know, I've really been praying about that. I really feel like I need God's help with that. Now, that is her way of saying you need to pray about it too, but she never says that uh, because she's shrewd. But the first thing that we are to do in situations is pray, dear God, I want to follow you in this, okay? Bottom line is that's what I want. I want to do what you want me to do. I don't want to assert my opinion and my will and whatever like that. I want to do what you want me to do. God, would you help me and would you guide me as I try to reach a decision about this particular issue? The second thing that goes hand in hand with that, really, is we want to look to the Word of God. But let us be honest. There are some things that if you ask the question, does the Bible speak to this, the answer is clearly yes. The, God, the Bible clearly speaks to things but there are a lot of things that we look at and say, I don't really know what the Bible says about this I'm not positive it's either unclear or the Bible does not speak to it at all and we're like you know how are we gonna do this you know I have to apply these principles but sometimes they get applied different ways by different people and we don't completely understand so we're kind of stuck there now if the Bible clearly speaks to it we're done but over here if it doesn't or if it's unclear we got to continue the process Uh, so we ask ourselves am I informed about this okay yes or no and we're going to go down if we are not but do I know what I'm talking about two real good verses from Proverbs that you want to hold on to here one of them is in uh, chapter 17 verse number 28 and it says even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise and when he closes his lips he is deemed intelligent OK, that's good. I mean, you, you want to get that verse and hold on to that. In fact, But you might want to edit it just a little bit. Do a modern paraphrase and say, even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. Uh, no, let's let's do it like this. Even a fool who keeps silent or stops typing uh, is considered wise. OK, yeah. All right. When he closes his lips, he is deemed intelligent. Another verse that goes well with that and really helps us is in chapter 18, verse 13, where the wise men wrote, and he said, One who gives an answer before he hears, it's a folly and shame to him. Now, again, if I can paraphrase, if I talk about things about which I do not know, I'm going to look like a donkey. Okay. I mean, honestly, that's, that's where it goes. So so if the question comes up, am I informed about this topic, and I am not, uh, I need to apply these principles right here. Shut your mouth. <laughs> okay? I mean, re- re- I'm preaching to myself. I'm not telling you shut your mouth. Uh, but th- th- that's, that's what I want to do, because I don't want to speak ignorantly, uh, and I don't want to, uh, you know, blurt out things that I really need to blurt out. We'll get to that, that some more in, in a little bit here. So... Next step is, if I'm not informed, I want to learn. I want to know everything I can about it. But still, I need some guidelines. You could add to this list, but I want to pick out three specific things that we can put in our guidelines for decision making. So we want to ask ourselves one thing right here. Uh, We want to ask, we want to look at the issue of life. Because God is clearly a God that is all about life. He gives life. He brings life. And small groups this week, they're going to look at a bunch of verses in the book of John. uh, Just talk about the idea that Jesus is life. Does this promote life? Is this about life? And this decision, because God is a God of life. Compassion. Is this about compassion? Is this about love? Jesus said, uh, basically, the greatest commandment is love God. Secondly, love others. Is it about love? Is this how I can show love to other people? Uh, This is a guideline question. A third guideline question, very simply, Jesus. Is this something that I see that, you know, the old what would Jesus do question? Is this what Jesus is all about? Does this fit with who Jesus is? And this brings me back again to this idea of praying. Remember, Jesus said, I'll tell you what you ought to say. I'll tell you how how you ought to handle this. So let me pray. Let me lean into him. Let me say, God, shut my mouth unless I'm speaking the words you want me to speak. And And go through it like that, okay? so then we've gone through this process, and you know that then we clearly, we clearly know yes or no. We are all in complete agreement, and everybody's happy, right? <laughs> yes, laughter is very appropriate with that statement, uh, because you well know, and th- and just uh, confessing to you a little bit, something that I have struggled with over the uh, recent years is... I, th- I think that is a great little thing to go through. I mean, I think this is real helpful. However, I watched two people that I love and respect who I think are trying to follow Jesus go through the exact same thing and come up with totally opposite conclusions. Okay, and then I'm like, God, how'd that go? How come my pastor friend doesn't see this the same way I do? We're both trying to follow you. What's going on? I don't have an answer to that completely. I, I mean, I'm telling you, I struggle with that. I'm like, you know, Really? You know, if he's praying about it and I'm praying about it, well, how come I think this and he thinks that if we're trying to seek you and follow you, if we're trying to love other people? And I, I want to take a little time today, and like I said, this isn't the type of thing I normally do, but I think we're at the end of this series. It's kind of like the elephant in the room. Let's address some of the issues, okay? Let's, let's go through the issues. Now, here's how I want to do it. First of all, i got to set up some rules. You are not allowed to cheer. You are not allowed to even say amen for the next 10 minutes, okay? You are not allowed to, all right, you may smile, but you may not smile and point, okay? Because what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to present, I'm going to try to be an actor. I'm going to present one argument, and then I'm going to change, and I'm going to present the other argument, okay? I am not going to present the arguments of CNN and Fox or of uh, NPR and the Daily Wire, I'm going to tell you some things that, as I have looked, I've heard pastors say, okay, about some of these issues, going both ways. So these are people that I'm going to assume are trying to follow God. They're trying to shepherd people and lead people through our messed up world. And this is the things that they are saying. So we're going to, now, I'm going to be an actor, okay? Did you ever see uh, Night in the Museum? I don't know if you ever saw that. The bad guy in that movie is Dick Van Dyke. But Dick Van Dyke, how can he be a bad guy? I mean, you can't even get mad at me. He's Dick Van Dyke. Uh, I mean, he's singing with Mary Poppins and dancing with Mary Tyler Moore. He cannot be a bad guy, right? So you have a hard time getting mad at him. When I say some of these things, first of all, you're not amening. You're not cheering. uh, You're not pointing around the room. But thirdly, fourthly, whatever, the next thing is try to think of me as Dick Van Dyke. (laughs) He's Pastor Dan. He's just acting. He's just saying this so that you don't want to kill me. Okay? Because some of these statements, you are going to want to kill me. Some of you. I mean, some of you on one side and some on the other, but you're going to want to kill me. I say, here we go. Are you ready? Controversial issue number one. Immigration. Okay? First face. Scene, act, wait. Scene one, act one. Immigration. Okay. (sighs) Folks, God has established the boundaries of nations. God is all about nations. Okay, that's what God does. In fact, when man decided to create one world government, which is more like Antichrist than it is about God, at the Tower of Babel, God spread them out. And if we lose the identity of this country, which has impacted the world, if we lose because of what we're doing, uh, we've lost everything. Done. Scene one, act two. Is that right? Or act? Anyway, the other guy. Okay, the other pastor says this yeah <laughs> yeah right i could just see jesus up there building a wall right because jesus is all about walls he's all about separating people and keeping people out he's all about telling them hey you need some help how's it feel to need some help uh, that's how it is to stay you know we're not we're not here to help you and by the way jesus himself was a refugee for a while he knows what refugees are like so you know that that's where it goes okay i'm done my point is not to persuade you one way or another that's not the point but i wanted you to see that two people following god are still saying the same thing i've heard that those were paraphrases i'm going to give you exact reading on another issue in a second here okay let's go to another issue gun control scene two act one Uh, obviously if i love my family i'm going to protect my family i mean this is obvious I mean, if I love people, I've got to be able to protect them. So, therefore, God is for gun ownership, obviously. Scene two, act two. Seriously? Can you see Jesus waving, waving his 8 ka forty. You can tell what a gun guy I am. I am. Uh, but his, his semi-automatic something around there, his pistol, uh, Jesus waving it around. I believe he said something about not taking the sword. Uh, that that's not what he came and, and uh, you know, that we're going to fight against the government. And he didn't lead them to overthrow Rome or anything like that. So come on, back off with all this stuff. Done. Okay, you remember Dick Van Dyke, right? Okay. Nobody's mad at me. Nobody wants. To, I'm Dick Van Dyke. You can't be mad, at, honey. Come on, be Mary Tyler Moore. No. Okay. No. Uh, I, th- I I think it would help if she was up here with me. It'd be harder to hate me, because where we're going right now is, and this is amazing that this is, but this is the biggest issues of the day, is we're going to talk of about masks and vaccines and vaccine mandates. Okay. Now, for this one, I didn't want to paraphrase, so I transcribed. I went through some things that people have sent me of what preachers have said, and uh, here you go. You ready? You ready? Here's, Here's me preaching now, scene three, act one. I can say with great certainty that Jesus would have worn a mask, and he'd be the first in line to get the vaccine because he loves others. The very idea that Christians are taking a religious exemption is absurd okay, the essence of Christianity is not about my rights, it's about laying down my life for others, and following the science is biblical, God gives us the science, he has sent some relief from this plague on us, and we're refusing it, done, <laughs> hey, you guys are good, nobody has thrown anything, nobody has cheered, we're, we're good, okay, scene three, act two, okay, you're ready, Christians should follow the science, but not the ever-changing series of guesses designed to stop a virus that continues to do what viruses do and what science tells us the viruses do. The spirit of fear and obsession with public health has done more to harm people than the virus. I will love my neighbor by doing all that I can to stand against these evils that are being spread. Done. Okay? See where we are? Now, again, those those are, I mean, I, I sat there yesterday and transcribed them. I heard preachers say those exact things. Do I think those are bad people? Oh, wait, let me throw one more funny thing in there. I think this is funny. One guy I heard, again, I was looking for stuff. He said, "He said, wait, I wrote this one down too. He said, you tell me Jesus would wear a mask? The dude walked into a leper colony without a mask. Anyway, uh, I, thought, I, don't really, I wouldn't make that your life verse or anything like that, but I just thought it was kind of funny. Uh, but but the, are, you, are you picking up what I'm lying down here? okay, and why I struggle with this a little bit, and please know this, well, no, let's do a couple more things here, let's go to a couple issues that we would probably put in the yes category, the Bible does speak to it, but let's just go, things for example, like the uh, gender confusion or sexual confusion that's out there, and uh, transgender homosexuality, does the Bible talk about that? Yes, it does, the Bible says that that's wrong. I'm just going to say, say that. I mean, that, I guess that's a point you could fight with me later. So you say, "Well, okay. Well, then that's clear, right?" Well, yeah. But then, how's that apply in our lives? You know, my uh, cousin Larry is marrying Fred. Do I go? You know, that's that answer is not crystal clear. You know, would it be the loving thing to go and support and get, give a gift, and, and uh, or would I be condoning something that is wrong? You know, how do I be a serpent? How do I be a dove? How do I go through different things like that? And the issues can come and get more closer to home. And, folks, Christmas is like two months from tomorrow, so we got the holiday season coming up. And you get to get together with, you know, Uncle Fred, who's still flying his Trump flag in the back of his truck, and, and uh, Uncle Leroy over here has got his rainbow, rainbow flag going, and, and you get to get together with all these people, and it's so much fun! uh and we've got to figure out how to negotiate it. Another issue I was thinking about here is this, this like, uh, abortion. I mean, when we talk about life, I think it is very clear. The Bible says that uh, the, what is in a mother's womb is not a glob of cells. It is an individual, okay? It is a human being. I mean, I think the Bible points that out, makes that plain in several places. So we know that is true. So you say, well, that's easy when you're talking about life. Okay, but Christians have fought for years about just war or unjust war about capital punishment, and Christians come to different conclusions as far as that goes. In fact, some of you might remember there's a World War I hero named Alvin York. You may remember this story. Alvin York, uh, to begin with, said, I'm not going to fight because I'm following God. I'm not going to kill other people, and then he went and decided later the best thing he could do was kill people to save other people's lives, and he killed more people than anybody, and we have statues to him uh, for being a great war hero, but he kind of went back and forth. He himself, and Christianity has done that too, I mean, you will find pockets still of folks who are following God that say, you know, I want nothing to do with anything that kills somebody else, even if it seems like it is a just war, and others who look in Scripture and say, no, this is obviously something God is for, they come up with different ideas. Now, my goal here, as I said, first of all, is not to convince anybody of anything. My goal also is not really to promote compromise. My goal, largely, is to... Teach us how to think through this. Give us a process of how to think through this. As I look at that idea of God, help me to be this. Help me to be wise. Help me to be uh, kind. Help me to be loving in all these things. I hope, too, that as you think through this, we remember who the real enemy is. Okay? If we can come back to that idea, too, I think it is very important. Because everybody who disagrees with me is not my enemy. Okay? I have... One of my very best friends who, you know, we could debate for hours one of these topics back and forth. And I know, he's a pastor, and I know that he is trying his very best to shepherd people and guide people towards Christ. I know that I am trying to do the same thing, and we've come up with totally different conclusions. So it does help us. Not only that, if we go through this little process here, and we've done this, so we say, hey, I am confident that I am following Christ, and I'm doing the right thing. It does help in the way that we are going to treat other people, because if you have noticed, insecure people have more of a tendency to get nasty. In other words, they're not really sure that what their stand is is right, or they're not really positive about that, so they have a tendency to get a little nastier in the conversation, and I I don't think the Lord calls us to that type of nastiness. We're going to look at that in, in, a, in just a second here. Believe it or not. Oh, yeah, you know, I was going to say this too. I really don't mean to be compromising, but if you listen, if you're listening in here or if you're listening online and you think, you know what, I want a pastor who's, for example, I want a pastor who's going to stand up and tell people to take that vaccine. Or I want a pastor who's going to stand up and say, don't take that vaccine all I can say is I would ask you to give me grace of knowing this is a guy that is trying to shepherd people through a stinking minefield right now and my thoughts on a lot of things is if I can encourage you as to how to think and not what to think that's where I'm going to go okay I mean that, that that's that's the game I'm playing here I went to Four years, five years, because I did the master's program of a college where we had a class every day called Church Education. Do you know they did not one time say what to do about masks and vaccinations? <laughs> Not one time. It never came up. Can you believe it? Uh, so as we navigate, as all of us navigate through this life and, and that has that seems to have gone crazy, and we look at the world and say, good night, it's gone bonkers. If we could remember that for a lot of times, hey, we're just trying to do the very best we can. We're trying to follow this. We're trying to do this. I mean, if you need to come to me or send me an email and say, hey, I cannot follow you if you're not going to do this, I'll understand. Just you know, Just please understand that I'm Like I said, the path that I'm on, I'm trying to follow the Lord as best I can and shepherd as many people, and I want to get to that, you know, first things first, the gospel, and make sure that that's where our attention is on everything. Do I know I'm right in what I'm saying? No, I don't. I'm in uncharted territory. I'm doing the best I can to follow the Lord, and I want to be, you know, I want to continue to do that. I have another passage I want to share with you. This is uh, Paul was writing to a pastor named Timothy, and in 2 Timothy, sorry, I don't have the verse up there is chapter 2, and we're going to read 23 through 26. And uh, he wrote to him, and he said this, Have nothing to do with foolish and ignorant controversies. You know that they, I'm sorry, you know that they breed quarrels. (laughs) That might be a good verse to put somewhere in your life, on your computer. Okay. And the Lord's servant, okay, so this is specifically to a pastor, must not be quarrelsome it should be kind to everybody able to teach patiently enduring evil cor- con- correcting his opponents with gentleness god may perhaps grant them repentance leading to a knowledge of the truth that they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him so that now they will do his will good verses let me say again that if i know i didn't have that marked up there but uh, that's second timothy 2 23 through 26. Francis and I this week have a um, family wedding, which is, oh, good, family. Yeah. Uh, it's a destination wedding, which means it's not a pop in, pop out uh, type wedding, but y'all hang around for a few days or somewhere. And the good news is we're going to Florida. Uh, the uh, bad news is we're hanging out with I won't say whose family, but it's not mine. Uh, and uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna hang out with them for several days, man. We can have all types of great discussions about everything, isn't that fun? And let me remind you again: Christmas right around the corner, Thanksgiving, everything like that. Wouldn't it be nice to know how God would have us navigate the mess? I mean, honestly, I hear from people all the time. Just and and you know, hopefully, you, you hear the same stories. You know what I'm saying. This family uh, last Christmas, they were torn up because, you know, one. One folks said, hey, if you're coming to our house, you're wearing a mask. And another person said, hey, if you're coming to our house, wearing a mask, you're sitting in the basement. You know? uh, and it, it was like that. I mean, literally. <laughs> it, it was like that. We knew a family like that. That Literally, it was like, yeah, yeah, we well, can go down to the basement, and wear your mask, we're not wearing them up here. Uh, you know, what a sweet family spirit. Then they all sung Kumbaya, hugged and left. Uh, but, uh, you know, they, uh, but that's, that's the type of world that we're living in, you know, trying to negotiate through all these things like that. Can we remember, okay, first of all, harmless as serpents shrewd as serpents let's be smart let's be informed let's know what we're doing and then innocent as doves okay and no we are not looking to push our agenda but dear god i want to follow what you want me to do here and understand and i really do believe i like i said i'm not trying to we're not going to all agree let's let's just get real But I really do believe that if we go through that process that we talked about and say, hey, I have prayed about this, I have sought God on this, I know that this is what God would have me to do, that even when I disagree with somebody else, it enables me a lot of times to be kinder. And therefore, I don't lose my focus on that which is most important. Because the only thing that is going to affect long-term change to our culture is the infusion of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The good news that the God of the universe loved us so much that while we were yet sinners, he sent his son to die on the cross and said, put your faith and trust in me. And again, I will say that which we have in common in Jesus Christ, that's what we have in common in the gospel of Jesus Christ should supersede any differences that we have as best we can and that's why on this day we're going to in a, in a sense what we do in communion here is we uh, we do put our focus squarely on the gospel this is our family meal okay it's our family meal and actually Jesus said that if, you, if you got something against somebody else eh, probably best that you skip it he didn't say that he said skip it okay sorry I, I messed that up uh, he said, yeah, he said, don't, don't take the Lord's Supper, don't, don't do that. He said, first, let, let's, let's make things right with other people, let, let's do that. But if you're in a place today where your trust is in Jesus Christ as Savior, and uh, you believe that, hey, you, there's not something that you need to go to somebody else. God's Spirit is not saying, hey, you need to make that right. Uh, I want to invite you to join us in a little meal here. What we're going to do in a minute, and... Uh, And uh, maybe somebody can grab that uh, tray behind, just spread that out here. We have a table up here that on one side has the juice and a cracker, which we'll use to represent the body of Christ, and then there is another table back there by the sound booth that uh, they'll do the same thing with, and um, they're going to play a little song, and and, uh, as we have a song about the Lord... Uh, we're going to give you the opportunity to come up and get a cracker and a cup of juice. We also do have the uh, enclosed cups that have both, if, if you prefer that, uh, at both tables. So you can pick up the one that's enclosed. I always warn folks, they are not tasty. Uh, they may be more sanitary, but they are definitely not tasty. Uh, but, uh, but what we do here, Jesus said that uh, when you gather together, as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. And what we do here is we take some time and we remember that the God of the universe sent his son, laid down his life for us. And we just spend some time praising him and worshiping him and thanking him. And uh, that's, that's what we're going to go over the next few minutes. If you'd like to participate in that and, and feel like the Lord would have you to do that, great. If you'd rather today just watch and uh, observe and maybe pray on your own in your seat, uh, that is also fine. And please feel very comfortable to do that. You will not be the only one doing that. But uh, in a moment, when the music starts, folks will come up and get a cracker, and juice from this side, and this side, and like I said, they're also available back there, kind of in the middle of the auditorium, and uh, then whenever it was back in their seats, and has been served, we'll uh, we'll follow what the Lord did on that night with his disciples, and do that together, okay, Father, um, we want to, we want to gather as a family, adopted through the blood of Jesus Christ, and partake in what we call your supper, Uh, Lord, would you, your presence be just manifest here during this time, uh, bringing peace to those who need it, bringing conviction, bringing thankfulness, uh, just uh, making the Spirit of God's work evident in our lives, I pray in your name. Amen. You've been listening to Pastor Dan Thomas of Community Church in Edwardsburg. For more information about the church, you can visit our website, edwardsburg.church. You may also contact the church via email info at edwardsburg.church or call us at 269-663-2648. Thank you for listening.